Hi, this is Coach Joe Lucas, and welcome to my podcast. My podcast is sponsored by Practice Power Academy, the industry's first and only 100% free, 100% complimentary coaching and training website. Create your business plan, your monthly game plan, your daily game plan. Learn how to create a powerful morning success ritual. Drive 50 referrals each and every year. Access over 300 hours of coaching content, 100% free. My gift to you, www.practicepower.net. Go check it out. Okay, so now we got the advertising out of the way. Let's talk about my subject for this podcast. Um, Twice a year, I host uh, a bunch of clients uh, in a mastermind study group type format. Uh, we call our group the Magellan Mastermind and Network. Uh, we just got back uh, not too long ago from beautiful, and it was at the time, sunny uh, Del Mar, California. The, uh, the purpose of the group, quite frankly, is uh, to look at least 10 years in the future and what does our business look like, what does our industry look like, what does our profession look like, and more importantly, what do we need to do as advisors, as professionals, as business owners to uh, adapt and take advantage of, well, changes, right? And I think we all can agree, and like I said, I've been at this a long time, over two decades, that uh, at least in my viewpoint, I have not seen the pace of change like I do today any time in my career. So what I want to do in this podcast is really um, obviously, a lot of you could not be there, you're not part of the group, but there was so much good information that came out of it, so much good dialogue, that I want to take you know, a little bit of time here today and kind of just give you a briefing as if you were a member. So like if you were a member and missed it, and we were chatting, hey, here's what we talked about in, in, you know, in Delmar for the two days we were there. And uh, to really, number one, give you some, uh, maybe a different point of view, but maybe number two, I think more importantly, is I want, to, I want to inspire you. I want, to, I want you to take a look at things uh, because, look, in our, in our business, in our industry, what we tend to do is we tend to operate, you know, day-to-day, month-to-month, day-to-day, month-to-month. It's very challenging when your hair is on fire and you've got this big to-do list to take a, uh, take a step back and look strategically at what's coming down the road. So that's what I want to do uh, here. First off, let's talk about some different trends that I see. You know, um, a year ago, and I, if you probably find the podcast of it back, you know, 12 months ago, you know, I, we had another Magellan meeting, and uh, that one was in uh, San Juan, Puerto Rico, back at the end of February. And, you know, I laid out a couple things that I saw. I said, you know, DOL, non-DOL, the industry is going to change. I also said that every, every, every entity, every firm, every advisor would have access to some robo or automated type investment platform. It's going to be a necessity. I also said that we are going to see fee compression. And, you know, that always spooks people. That, you know, that's a bad word, fee compression, right? Fast forward a year from now, today, right? Well, deal well, maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. But here's an interesting point. I'm going to make this statement, and some of you may, like, look at me kind of strange. I personally believe the DOL is not the biggest challenge in our industry. I don't believe that. I think it's the inevitability of market forces, technology, that are going to lift the veil of quote-unquote pricing secrecy 
of our industry. And for a lot of people, that's a scary thing. For a lot of people, that's an unprecedented opportunity. Depends on your viewpoint is, right? I think market forces are going to be the biggest initiator of change, not the government. If I look around my space now, I, I am blessed that I have my toe or my foot in pretty much every area of this industry. I have, we have wirehouse clients. We have people that operate more of an insurance type environment. We have uh, independent uh, broker-dealer uh, representatives. We have RIAs. So I mean, we cover the gambit here. So I get to see pretty much different perspectives on this industry, right? Here's what I'm saying is going to happen, the trends. Um, as an industry, our deliverable is going to shift from pure asset management and fees associated to that to more of a planning and coaching type situation. So more financial planning, retirement planning, life planning, that scenario. That will become the big value add going forward. The AUM, if you're doing it and running your own money, um, your fees are going to come down. Um, quite frankly, artificial intelligence may take that over in five years. So we're already seeing it now in the big hedge funds, right? Um, you know, automatic trading, uh, AI being instituted, instituted there. It's just a matter of time before it trickles down. Robo-advisor, what's that? It's an algorithm, right? Now, for your active managers, I'm not here to debate what you do, how you do it better. That's fine. And, always, and let me say this real quick. There will always be a room for everything in our industry. 20 years from now, there will still be people doing commission-based trading. They're still vinyl records, right? Think about that. They're still vinyl records, which were invented over 100 years ago. So, yeah, there's always going to be these situations. But if we're talking mainstream, right, where the opportunities are, if that's what you're into, it's going to become more planning-based, more coaching-based, more educational-based. That's going to be our core deliverable. In essence, that's what we're going to get paid for. One of the things that, uh, and you, you, a lot of you have heard me say this, you know, if, if you are just running money for a client and that's it, you are measured by two things and two things only. Your returns and what you charge. Dangerous game going forward. You've got to have an additional value add. And this is not about competencies. This is about optics and perception. Okay? You could be an excellent runner of money. You can do a great job. But at the end of the day, remember this. There will always be somebody who will do it cheaper than you. So keep that in mind. Uh, the other trend that I saw, you know, and I, I, I've been reading these articles and kind of, you know, over a period of time of some flat fee asset management, uh, which is very unique. So I'm going to spend a few minutes on this. I think this is really going to be important. Um, a year, maybe yeah, a little over a year ago, um, I had one of my platinum partners. Uh, we had an opportunity, and I'm not going to get into specifics because all confidential. Uh, we had the opportunity uh, to do a second opinion review on a $26 million portfolio uh, held at a major wirehouse, a major firm. Uh, when we looked at it, and this, by the way, this this is not some inherited money with some uh, yo, you know, kind of yo-yo who doesn't know what's going on. This is a very sophisticated business person. That's whose money it was. So they're a smart cookie. You know, this is not some person that didn't know what was going on. They had no idea what they were truly paying. So this is kind of the so. So when I say the you know transparency, here it comes. They had no idea what they were paying in fees. So you know, all in 
bottom line, you know, 200,000, 187, something like that, uh, really freaked them out. They had no idea because, again, most consumers only see the, the front end AUM fee, they don't see the back door, right? We get referred to the scenario, we look at it, my, my partners come to me and say, hey, how do, you know, how do we want to play? And I say, look, you can go play the basis points game. And that's nothing wrong with that. I mean, that's, you know, you, it's the same mousetrap, maybe a little bit better. I said, if you really want to take a stab, and I, thought, and I read some articles about, about, you know, flat fee asset management, I thought that was very interesting. So I said, why don't we get outside the, why don't we get outside the box? and offer them something unique. So what we did, and I don't get into particulars, but we, we offered a basically a flat asset management slash planning fee annually, and whatever the, whatever the platform costs are. So if we're gonna hire managers, uh, if we're gonna run ETF models, whatever we're gonna do, right, we'll just, it's a pass-through, 100%. 100% totally disclosed, right? Well, if you're an astute business person, you look at them in the math, and unless somebody's got some, you know, secret sauce somewhere, you almost your logic says I can cut my fees by almost half. I got to think about that. Bottom line, we won the business. In the last year and a half, I've had ten situations um, where we've uh, where we, and not just this one, but other partners of mine, where we've actually gone out and and put a proposal together on a flat fee scenario, and we've won the business every time. Where I think this is really going to be intriguing is in the what I'll call the fiduciary arena, where you have nonprofits who boards have to act as a fiduciary, where you have uh, uh, 401k plans, where the sponsors have to act in that fiduciary capacity. It's I think those will be the early adopters of flat fee asset management because it just, I mean, it just makes sense. It just makes sense. So I start seeing those dots. I've got ten little dots. I get introduced to another gentleman uh, up in the Bay Area, um, more of a more of a Gen X Y type planner, uh, running AUM also, and same story there. We're seeing it, and so here's my point to everybody. And, and look, you can just if some of you want to dismiss me, I get it. That's totally fine. I respect your decision on that. I'm going to tell you you're flat out wrong. The, ten years from now, 2027, 2028. We are going to be in a flat fee scenario as an industry. It's inevitable. When I laid out this concept that I said, hey, and this is what this group's all about, by the way. We just got, you know, my whole thing is outside the box. What's coming down the pipe? So I said, hey, what do y'all think about flat fee asset management? And the way I laid out was basically this. You charge a fee. You have a cost of living adjustment built in there. Whatever your platform costs are, managers, uh, platform fees for ETFs, trades, whatever it is. Pass through, pass through, pass through. Totally transparent. What do you all think? And I and we and we literally wrote it out, looked at the pros and cons, how it aligns fiduciarily with everything. And we had about eighteen people in the room in Delmar. Round numbers, you know, from all kind of different walks of life, from multi million dollar producers down to a couple hundred, you know, basically lifestyle type practices. And everybody around the room said the same thing. They agreed. This is where we're going. So the question becomes. You know, what do you do with this information? I think number one is think about it, right? Unless, here's what I'm also saying. Don't run ahead and take a right-hand turn with your business model. I need you all to just process this for a bit. This is not going to come down the pike in the next 24 to 36 months. I think what you're going to see is we all, as society tends to, we'll have the very, very fringy, kind of crazy early adopters. We'll see some more. And that's what happened. You know, I saw one scenario, then I see two scenarios, then I see three, then I see four, then I see five, then I got 10. And I look at it. And by the way, for some of you, Senator, go, oh my God, it's going to kill my business. 
I've built models, you know, uh, on the plane coming back from Del Mar, uh, just talking to some people at the meeting. You can still run a multi-million dollar practice. So when I say flat fee, I never said what the fee was going to be. So, you know, if you've got somebody that's running, you know, let's say $26 million, could you charge a $50,000 annual planning fee? Answer is yes. If you've got 30 or 40 or $50 million, could you charge a $200,000 annual planning fee? Yes. So again, you get back into this scenario where it just changes the sandbox, you know, it changes the conversation. So here's my point that I'm going to drive at, and then we'll talk about a couple other things today. And a lot of it's going to depend on your model. So, so let me give you kind of the adapter, you know, kind of how it's going to look, okay? The registered investment advisors are going to have first shot at this because their model's built for this when you really think about it. The independents will be next in line. The insurance kind of, you know, planners will kind of be in the hot. To me, what, I, what concerns me from an industry perspective are the wirehouses, the major firms. They are really, from a cost perspective, not set up really well for this. This will be probably the last set of adapters in my, again, my opinion, which I know everybody has one, right? But I really believe that that's going to be the struggle there because they will be at a competitive disadvantage at some point versus, from a pricing perspective, right? And again, price is not the only value consideration, but going forward, quite frankly, it's going to be a big one, you know, as, as transparency and, and look, if you look at a lot of industries, right? You take the travel industry, you take the real estate industry, uh, you take the hospitality industry, the, the transportation industry, like with Uber. Anytime there's an inefficient industry, you can bet your bottom dollar that some smart people are going to come in and disrupt it at a big, big way. We are now in the beginning trends of that in our industry. It may take a decade. It may take half a decade. Who knows? But at some point in our space, we are going to reach a tipping point where it's no longer early adapters. It is now becoming mainstream. I don't have a crystal ball. Three years, five years, seven years, ten years. I don't know. But I do believe I'm convicted of this. It's going to happen. And I very rarely say these on this, I very rarely make that statement on these podcasts that this is going to happen. So what does the model of 2025 look like? What does that, what, you know, if we had to blank sheet our business, right? And say, okay, what, what's not viable, but what is, you know, preeminent 2025? I think it's a combination of financial planning, life planning, coaching for a fee, I think it's flat fee asset management plus cost. And by the way, flat fee here also means, because we have this, I have this already in some clients, some, some of my partners, that also means that you put a COLA or cost of living allowance on there. So 2 or 3% a year, right? Go up. Because that's one of the big things. Okay, you know, that's great. But, you know, what, you know, what happens with inflation? What happens with this? So you build that into the, in, into the, you know, again, into the agreement. The other thing it does, and this is kind of, we talk about the pros and cons real quick. Wouldn't it be really cool to know you had a relatively high degree of probability on your cash flow? Didn't matter what the markets did, went up, went down. Client wants to take a couple million dollars out to give to the kid because it's, you know, they want to, against advice. It doesn't impact your cash flow. 
you totally get disassociated from the amount of money that you run. It becomes, in other words, it becomes sort of irrelevant. What matters is how many households you serve, how many clients your business takes care of, who's under your care. It's a totally different thing. So the model of 2025 is, is relationship, planning, flat fee asset management, plus platform cost, 100% transparency, a true partnership with client and advisor. And it's going to revolutionize what we do. It'll be a high technology, high touch, tremendous value add scenario. When I really thought about it, I got excited. See, I know some of you may be sitting there going, oh my God, what's this crazy guy talking about? I am so excited for this, that this will become a major focus of my work going forward. I'm always, you know, I always, I'm okay taking the arrows. I'm okay being the pioneer. Totally cool with that. I know this is the way it's going to be. So my question to you is, what do you want to do? You know, I'll answer it today, but I want you to think about it. Do you want to get on the, you want to be on bleeding edge? You want to wait a couple years? You want to see what happens? You want to be playing catch up? You know, where do you want to be on that trail, right? Because here's the thing of all great entrepreneurs. Look, you look at a Richard Branson, you look at a Bill Gates, I mean, you look at a Mark Zuckerberg, you pick any, any entrepreneur you want. They're going to have one, they have many qualities in common. Here's the one quality they all have. They, they, they have foresight. They can see down the road, and not that, not that they have some kind of crystal ball, but they, have they can anticipate markets. They can anticipate business opportunities. They can anticipate changes. And what I'm asking all of you to do is not put your head in your sand, try to make your monthly production for, the, for, you know, for March, but think strategically for a minute. doesn't have to go change anything today, but I need you to have a little mind share here and uh, make that happen. So practice of 2025, again, planning-based, relationship-based, coaching-based, life, pl life planning-based, flat fee asset management, uh, plus platform costs, right? And by the way, platform costs are going to be a big deal going forward. What's it cost you to run money? What are the manager costs? You know, uh, you know, wholesalers, right? Is that, you know, how's that going to work for people? So there's going to be this whole other, you know, this industry is going to have a very painful shakeout within the next five years. Because what's going to have to happen is you've got to find a way to provide and your margins are going to matter. Your costs are going to matter because at the end of the day, it's a pass-through. In this model, it's a pass-through to the clients. The clients are going to see that. You know, why are we paying 35 bips for this manager? Why can't we find a manager for 15 bips? All those things are going to matter going forward. So I just want you to be aware of it. So, so that was a big part of all day Thursday. We kind of dissected a lot of this. Now, Friday in our Magellan meeting, I did a presentation. By the way, I'm going, to, I'm going to dedicate probably my next podcast just to this topic, but I, I want to put it out here today so you get a little, little foresight. And uh, again, I will put a whole e-learning series in Practice Power Academy. Remember that free thing that we do? So make sure you go check that out. But, you know, a lot of my clients, and for those of you who've been around me, you know, you've heard me have, have this real strong belief set that your psychology as a professional, your psychology as a human being, will have a profound impact on your level of success economically in this business. 
you know, and when I say your psychology, it doesn't mean bolting on another designation or anything like that. It really is, you know, and, and I came up with this concept of personal operating system, P-O-S, okay? So just like a computer, right, uh, there's an operating system or your phone has an operating system or things like that, you yourself have an operating system. The problem is it's an, it's an unconscious operating system that you're not even aware of, but yet it controls everything you do, everything you believe, what actions you take, how you procrastinate, why you procrastinate, all those things, right? And yet we walk around like called blind and unconscious in our lives. So what I did in uh, Delmar in, on, uh, on February, I mean not February, in, on uh, Friday, is I took about two, two and a half hours, and I started a dissection of it. I said, look, what is a POS? And I kind of laid out what we talked about here. And then I said, look, there are, four there are four core elements of your POS. Element number one, your beliefs. Your empowering beliefs, your disempowering beliefs, positive, negative, basically, right? What do you believe you're good at? What do you believe you suck at, right? Bottom line, that's going to affect your behavior. Number two, your values. In other words, what's most important to you, right? What emotions do you seek? More importantly, what emotions do you look to avoid? You know, pain, rejection, failure, just to name a few. Number three, the rules associate them. So how do you know, right? So we got beliefs, values, and rules. Three things. Here's the fourth one which in my estimation may be the most important one for a couple different reasons. Your self-identity slash self-image. We call it the manner of the woman in the mirror, right? Because here's the reality. How you perceive yourself, you will behave to that mean. So for example, if you see yourself as a lucky person or lazy or uh, you know, look, people said to me, look, uh, you know, I don't, I'm a, you know, they feel like they're a fraud, like they're just lucky, like they, they don't believe they're a true professional. I can tell you right now, that person makes a living plus or minus 10%. They're probably 90 to 180 days being out of the business. Why? Because subconsciously, you're going to manage to your image, your identity. Okay. So, if you're ever wondering why you can't break out, why you can't break through, why you can't elevate, it's your personal operating system that is, that is causing you to do this. Most human beings, when I say most, 90, 95% of human beings have no idea what their POS is. None. Have no idea. Yet it controls everything about you. How you wake up in the morning, how you perceive life, the world, you, your relationships, so on and so forth. The other thing I said in my talk uh, on Friday was the most important relationship you have is not with, was not with your higher power, not with your family, not with your friends, not with your clients, not with your colleagues. The most important relationship you have is the one with yourself. How you communicate to yourself, what you believe about yourself, all that dialogue, critically important yet how many of you really sit there and think about it first like you know be, you know get conscious right stop being unconscious what do i believe how do i view myself so here's a little here's a little something to think about next time you're next time you're in the bathroom or getting up in the morning or where next time you get a mirror right not while you're driving probably not the best idea take three to five minutes 
and just look at yourself. What do you see? What thoughts come to your mind? Do you see yourself as a, success, a successful professional? Do you see yourself as somebody who's deserving of success? Do you see somebody who adds massive value to the people around you? Or do you see somebody who's lucky, who is just scraping by, um, who operates in a scarcity mentality? I hope I don't lose my clients. I hope I do, do this. And, and look, if you're there, let me say this to you right now. There, my talk earlier in this podcast was not to get you freaked out or put you in scarcity mode. I want to inspire you to see the opportunities to have a radical positive impact in your future. That's why I do these things. So when you're in the mirror next time, take a peek at that. I will be, I'll spend uh, the next podcast, will probably be in a couple weeks, um, going ahead and, and putting this together. I will also, because I think this is so important, that I will go ahead and offer a free webinar to the entire industry. I haven't, put, I haven't scheduled it yet. You'll get a note you know, when it's ready to go. Uh, but I will lay out this whole POS piece for everybody in an industry webinar, free. You can come in, check it out. I'll record it. You can have access to it. That'll be my gift to you guys because I think that's important. It is. I want to do that. Okay? So we're about 20, 25, 26 minutes into this. I always like to be under 30 because your time is so valuable. So I want to say, hey, thanks for listening to me. Agree with what, what you want to hear. Take whatever you want out of our talk, right? I am convinced that this is where we're headed as an industry in the next 10 years, okay? And I don't say that lightly. Keep that in mind. I'll see you in about 7 to 14 days. Be well. If you have any questions, want to reach out, email me, call, whatever you like to do. Love to talk to you. Until then... This is Coach Joe Lucas saying, hey, work your plan, do the work, be successful, and I'll see you again.